0: Good morning everyone. It's great to see everybody today. I hope everyone's doing well. We're thankful that you're here and if you're visiting with us, welcome to New Hope. We're so happy that you're with us today and if you didn't get a chance to get a visitor bag, please get that gift and um, fill in the tablet form so we can get in touch with you. It's such a beautiful day and And the weather is so nice, and I hear it's going to get even warmer, and there's just so much going on at New Hope. So please make sure you're looking at the Bulletin, the All-In Bible Studies. Tonight is the Pinewood Derby Race, and we've got our GAs and RAs that have been working for weeks now, and they're going to compete. And there's also a bake sale, so come with your money to raise fundraiser for the Township 3 Special Needs Fund. So that is going toward the children that... Um, Just need things throughout the year, and that money goes to help them. And don't forget about the youth fundraiser lunch next week. That's going to be incredible, so you can get to go plates and invite friends and family to come out, too, with us after church. And there's so much more, so please look at that bulletin and enjoy all the things with our church family. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our Father in heaven, how great your name is. Name above all names. Deliverer, Savior, Father, King. Every point of our life, God, your name changes for what we need. There's nothing in the world that can meet our needs like you, God. Because you are our maker. And you love us more than we can imagine love. Thank you for that. Thank you for for saving us. Thank you for forgiving us. And we just come this morning in awe of you and in worship, in corporate worship where we sit with others to sing your name and your praises and to pray with others and to meet each other's needs and to be there for those around us. And God, if, if we look around and don't know someone, I pray, Lord, that, that we get out of our comfort zone because the enemy wants us to be away from others. But you want us to to dwell in the presence of other believers and to help each other and encourage each other and to leave this place and to continue that, Lord. So I pray that as a New Hope family, as a church family, that we take what we learn and take this spirit, this joy that we have from you and spread it everywhere. That all around us want to know who we worship and, and why we have so much joy in the times that we're in. And let us point that back to you, God. Thank you so much for our pastor, for Melody, for the music that will be brought from the praise team. Thank you for all the people in these pews, Lord, and what they mean to me and to you and to all of us. Thank you for the baggage that they carry because you're with them in that. Thank you for the hard times because you're there with us and you're showing us your love through that. Let us seek that, God. We praise you, God. We love you, and it's in your name that we pray together. Amen. We worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison
1: pray you've been blessed this this morning I have and I'll say it's good to be back Uh, but man we had an incredible weekend last week being away at a pastor's conference and then Sunday night at the cove at a concert and uh, just had a a really incredible time so we want to thank y'all for allowing us to be away and uh, it was truly a, a spiritual blessing. To be, to be sure. Um, let me ask you this morning. How many of you remember the old typewriter? Okay. To the, to the young people, do you know what a typewriter is? We have any? Okay, we got a couple of them. Okay, good. I'm impressed. I'm impressed because they're long gone. You know, you don't see them anymore. In fact, we, we finally took the one out of the office just a couple of years ago. And it sat there for a number of years without ever being used. But this was one of the first models, I guess, that that ever came out. <coughs> this was the manual model, and if you remember those, you would you could type on it. And remember, if you struck the keys too fast, they would they would run up there and jam together. Um, I remember playing on some of my my granddaddy's old uh, old typewriters like that. Uh, but then they became the the electric typewriters, you know, and. We had the IBM Selectric, I think it was in high school, you know. Back then they had they called it keyboarding because nobody knew how to type back then, right? And so all, everybody in high school had to learn how to type and you had to take a speed test and all of that. So uh, but but you see these these typewriters here, you would mash the button for those young folks here, you'd mash one of those letters and uh, one of those one of those little metal keys would fly up and It would strike the ink ribbon and then it would strike the paper together, leaving an image of the the letter or the character that you that you typed. It would leave a duplicate image if you typed an S. If you had an S, of course S would wind up on the paper and you could go there typing your way, making words and sentences and all. And of course the typewriter was the precursor to the computer keyboard, which I which I referenced earlier. no, I didn't. reference the typewriter earlier. But now we have the keyboard with the with the computers. And now we have even wireless keyboards that we use. And that has led to the, to the cell phone. Okay, you pull up your cell phone and, you know, the, the letters on your keypad there, you type the letter and it shows up on the screen. It winds up in a text message, doesn't it? So, but all that began back with the old typewriter. Well, the word type or typewriter comes from the Greek word tupos, Tupas. Tupos is defined as a blow or, or a mark left by a blow. It means uh, to, to be like a stamp or a pattern or, or to make an impression upon something. The word tupos in the Greek is used seven, uh, six, 16 times in the New Testament and it's best illustrated or best translated By our English word, example. Example. Um, Some of the young adults here uh, that went to uh, any of the Camp McCall trips to us, we did a Camp McCall trip one summer, or or one winter. (laughs) They were never in the summer. They were cold winter trips, weren't they? Uh, Called Be a Tupas. Be a Tupas. Be a godly example. Be a godly example. Man, those were fun days, weren't they? And those trips, they were were cold days for sure. But we find that that illustrated in in Titus chapter 2. Let's read that together. In Titus chapter 2, in verse 7 in particular, is where we're going to run across the illustration of being an example. But Titus chapter 2 starts off in verse 1. It says, You must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled and, ha- and sound in faith, in love and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the Word of God. Similarly, uh, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. Here it is. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that, that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about you. Be a good example. Be a good godly example for those around you so so they can't say anything bad about you. Teach teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them and not to steal from them, but to show that they can fully be trusted so that if so that in every every way they will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from the wickedness and to purify himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. These then are the things you should teach, encourage and rebuke with all authority and do not let anyone despise you. In everything, verse 7, in everything let them be an example by doing, what is good. Of course, everyone would agree that that preachers and pastors are are not perfect. You'll all agree with that, won't you? (laughs) We're not perfect, all right? Give me a big amen on that. We're not perfect by any means, but we are called to to give and to live a godly life and to be a godly example for other people, aren't we? But Scripture is also clear that faithful, mature Christians should be too. And not only that, but all Christians, young and old, male and female, there is no one exempt. We are all called as Christians to to be the godly examples to this world that we live in. We studied several weeks ago that we should be still and know God. We should be holy. And, And here in Titus 2, he tells us to be godly examples. To be godly examples in in our speech and our conduct and our love and our lifestyle being pure in the way that we live? Just think for a moment, what would this, what would our church, first of all, what would our church and then what would the world look like if the Christians would just follow this one principle, to be a godly example. Turn with me to Romans chapter six, if you will. In Romans chapter 6, Paul is, is teaching and teaches us that, we are, that we're either slaves to, to sin or slaves to righteousness, one or the other. We either follow the world or we, we follow the Savior. But there's no other option. There's not a third choice. It is one of the two, the world or God. And listen to what uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 15 through 18 says. It says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey, whether you are are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. In verse 17 there it says, But, but thanks be to God that, that though you used to be slaves, you used to be slave to the world, you used to be slave to the flesh, but now you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You're now, you're now a slave to righteousness because of what you've learned in your heart, what's been stamped on your heart. It's saying that, that we've come to obey from, from your heart the pattern or to be molded by, to be molded by the teachings that you've heard. And so what we've learned and what we've said the last couple of weeks, it's not just a matter of of hearing God's Word, but putting it into practice and applying it to our life. Here they were. They were following their their mentor. They were following the one that, that taught them. They were following the example that they had seen, the example that they had been taught. They had pledged their allegiance to Christ and were now following Him. Several weeks ago, our message was about our call for Christians and and to be holy, and to be holy as God is holy. Well, turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 5. As you're turning, I want to ask you a question. Who was your childhood hero? Who was your childhood hero growing up? Uh, For me, I always wanted to be like my daddy and my granddaddy, okay? But it also depended on what season of year it was. If it was baseball season, I wanted to be like Nolan Ryan and and Pete Rose. If it was basketball season, I wanted to be like uh, Pistol Pete or Dr. J or Metal Arc Lemon. In football season, I wanted to be like Dan Marino or Kenny Stabler or Walter Payton. And of course, in the summers, you know, to ride your bikes, every little boy riding his bike wanted to be like Richard Petty or Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel, he, for you young guys who never heard of him, he used to ride the motorcycles and set ramps up and, and jump over the Grand Canyon and buses and everything else. And so, yeah, a lot of little boys had a lot of skint knees and broken bones because of what they saw this guy do. I can attest to that for sure. Young people, those, those names might be unfamiliar to you, but those names, the people of, uh, that I named there were the very best of the best in their field in that day. Today it might be uh, Tom Brady or Ron Acuna or Kevin Durant or, or Jimmy Johnson. Someone that's just at, top, at the top of their game. And I know these aren't the best examples to follow spiritually by any means, and so when we set our, our goals and, our, and we set out to follow other people's example, we're setting our bar too low. For we're never going to be judged against how we are with other people, how we rank against other people, how we compare to other people but to God. How do we measure up to God's perfection and how He wants us to live? Well, in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul instructs us to, to follow God's example, to follow after Him. But, but what does this look like? What should we engage in and what should we avoid? And, and that's what we're going to look at now in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, it says, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Do what God does live like God live like Jesus would live therefore as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved and gave himself for for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God but among you there must not be even a hint there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For in this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Folks, that's a pretty tall order. A lot of things that our world, our society overlooks and accepts today, God says, don't take part in it. Don't partner with them. It goes on in verse eight. For you were once in dark, for you once you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you, as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything. In the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. We ask ourselves this morning, who are we following? Who are we following in this world? Whose example are we following? How are we living life? What are we doing? How do we carry out life the other six days and 22 hours? What kind of example are we demonstrating to other people? We see there a long list of things not to be involved in, and things to, and how to to live our life. We see that in Titus and and Ephesians. Now let's look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 about what Paul instructs us not to do or, or how not to live as followers of Christ, and he gives examples to the Corinthians, of their sinful actions and and the consequences of their actions, and folks, let me remind you that that every action we take has a consequence, whether good or bad. Follow along as I read 1 Corinthians chapter ten, verses one through six, to start start with. And here he's he's referencing the Israelites, and warning us to to look at them, read scripture, and learn from their mistakes so that we can live the life and be the people that God created us to be. It says, for I don't want you to be ignorant of the the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they passed through the sea. They were all baptized to Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual fruit. They all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them and that rock was Christ nevertheless God was not pleased with most of them their bodies were scattered in the wilderness and now these things occurred as what as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things that they did folks we're following somebody's example as we've grown up we've been placed under the direction of different people we've lived with different people we've we've uh, been associated with a number of different people and <clears throat> and so we are following someone's example the question is who are you following and Paul reminds the Corinthians and he, and he reminds us today that, that that we have experienced the salvation of Christ that we've been baptized in the water and filled with the Holy Spirit just like they had. And look what it says in verse 7. It says, Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up and indulged in revelry. So don't become idolaters and sexually immoral. Don't let your your mind lead you to to an improper action. And don't let something come between you in your relationship with Christ. Don't allow that sin to enter into your life that, that hinders your relationship with Christ. Don't allow something of the world to take your attention away from Christ where it becomes your, your idol. And you worship it instead of God. And then we see in verse 8, it says, we should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. There are consequences for our actions. Don't fall to the temptations of the world. Our fleshly desires will lead to the the destruction if if they're not kept under control. We've got to live by faith and and trust in God. Be alert and, and flee from the temptations that come our way. We should not test God. And some of them did and were killed by snakes. You see, they were questioning God's goodness. They were questioning God's sovereignty. They weren't completely living by faith and not wholeheartedly trusting God. And the example he's telling us here is learn from their mistakes. Trust God. Put your faith in God. Have complete faith in His goodness and His sovereignty. Verse 10, it says, And don't grumble. We see that time and again with the Israelites, don't we? They, 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 they start grumbling and they, God answers their prayer and they start grumbling and God answers their prayer and they start grumbling again and God answers, God is faithful. But he's telling us, don't be the grumblers. He says, and do not grumble if some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. Don't be the one who's constantly complaining about everything. You know, when when they walk up, you know it's going to be something negative. They're complaining and grumbling about something you did or didn't do or what somebody else did or didn't do. Folks, that brings joy to nobody. Instead, be an encourager. Be the one that, that lifts people up, the one that exalts people. Don't be the one that tears people down looking for all the negative in their life. Let your words speak praise and not destruction on people. Verse 11, it says, These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. In other words, learn not only from their mistakes, but learn from the mistakes of people Around us and choose the right example, the spiritually strong, the godly examples. Put them in your life and follow after them as they follow Christ. Verse 12 and 13 says So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. You see, sometimes that pride takes over in our heart. <coughs> and because pride enters our heart, many people fall. They think I'm too good, I'm too big, I'm too strong to fail, to fall. Oh, but God says be careful when that happens. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He has also provided a way out so that you can endure it. It doesn't matter how strong the temptation is, God's going to provide a way. We just have to be strong enough to make that decision, to stand up against that temptation in our life. But God will always provide a way. We just have to flee from the sin. But you see, that temptation starts in our mind. Oh, I could just do this. I could just do that. Nobody else is going to know. You know, it's just me and, and Whatever. And we begin conjuring up ways in our mind to, to carry out that temptation where where nobody else will see, where nobody else will know what we're doing is not right, but ways that we can keep it covered up. Mm. You see, that temptation in, in the mind, we begin to to conjure up these ways of, of carrying it out. And and then that leads to a desire in our heart because we've convinced ourselves that it'll work. That nobody's going to find out that sin in our life that we're committing. And those evil desires, they, they boil up. And if we don't get rid of them, if we let them continue to fester, we will ultimately play out that sin. That temptation that, that, that leads to desire in our heart, those evil desires in our heart, will lead to a sinful action in our life will, that will lead to destruction. And so don't let temptation overcome you and ruin your example and ruin your testimony and ruin your witness. You know, as the world continues to change and, and fall away from, from God, as evil is glorified and, and as sin as wicked as, as, and wickedness is, is prevalent throughout Our society, we need godly examples to look to. The world needs godly examples to look to and to follow. And I can't help but think of the the, the students and the people and the adults that, that are experiencing revival all across the land as a result of what's happened in the last 11 days. Folks, they are going to be mighty examples for people to look to. What about us? You see, Paul urged Titus and, and he urged Timothy as well to be, to be godly examples in their speech, in their life, in their love, in their faith, and in their purity, in their lifestyle. Let me ask you this morning will we be one of the people? Will we be the person that people will be able to follow? In your schools? in your work, and your homes, Are we bold enough to say, and are we living the lifestyle that we can honestly say, as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ? Let me encourage you today to, to live that life, that, that example in life. Uh, be encouraged today to live like, like Abraham. Trusting God completely because God cares for you. Like Enoch, determined in our our heart to walk in fellowship with God every day. Like Moses, being willing to suffer for our faith and go wherever God leads us to go. Or like David with a broken and contrite heart, a heart of repentance. Or like Job, even in the midst of difficult times, he remained faithful. Or like Joseph, fleeing from temptation, being a person of honor and integrity. Or like Gideon, standing firm in in your faith and being willing to go to battle for God and and with God. Or like Martha, ready to serve the Lord. Or like Mary, ready to worship the Lord. Or like the disciples, allowing Christ to be a part of their lives every day and, and carry out life every day. Or like Paul, not dwelling on the past, but but focusing everything we have on the future, on what's ahead of us, and and focusing on God's purpose for our life, and focusing on the prize that we have awaiting on us in heaven. I encourage you to live a life today, to be on an example like Christ, who followed the will and the perfect purpose of His heavenly Father every day. Folks, the world we live in is real. The spiritual world that we cannot see is definitely real. Angels and demons are real. Heaven and hell are real. God and Satan are real. As I said earlier, we either follow sin or we follow righteousness. And we have a choice. We either choose God's way or Satan's way. We either choose heaven or hell. And our example will help lead other people to one of those two places. The way we live, people will watch us and see how we live. And how we live will determine or will play a major influence on where people will spend eternity. George Washington said, example, whether it be good or bad, has a powerful influence good or bad, has a powerful influence. So folks, when we follow God and godly people, our our spiritual life is strengthened. And we get to be an example for for other people. We get to put the tupas, or we get to be a godly example, put that godly example onto the hearts of other people. What kind of example are we for others to follow? What do our children, our grandchildren see in us? What does our family, our co-workers, our classmates, what do they see? What about our neighbors, even strangers, What, what do they see? Let God be our example and follow Him in every way so that we can be godly examples to the world. You see, when we're being godly examples and duplicating ourselves and making disciples, we are being who God created us to be. Is there something in in our life today that, that is hindering our relationship with Christ? Is there something today that that you need to bring to the altar just between you and God and say, God, here it is. Lord, help me. Because I know in this area of my life, I'm not being the right kind of example I need to be. We could all probably do better, couldn't we? What is it in your life that you need to place at God's feet. Be a godly example to a dark world. Father in heaven, you have called us to be that example, and and and, and we are an example, whether we're a good example or a bad example, or whether we're a godly example. Father, may it be in our hearts today, to determine in our hearts today, God, that that we will be that godly example that you've called us to be, that you desire us to be. That we don't try to compare ourselves to the ways of the world or people of the world, but we try to measure ourselves up against you, knowing that you are perfect and sinless in every way. Father, that is our desire. Lord, help us to know that we can walk boldly into the world saying, follow me as I follow Christ because I'm doing my very, very best to give God all I have and to become the person he created me to be. We love you, Lord.